longer than that. I went upstairs to the smoking room and stopped before a table littered with periodicals. With idle interest, I turned over a printed list of members. Howard, I saw, had joined the club in 1896. Master and man, then, had been rubbing shoulders all their lives. I took a couple of illustrated weeklies and ordered coffee. Then I crossed the room to where the two most comfortable chairs in my club stand side by side, and prepared to spend an hour of idleness before returning to my flat. In a few minutes there was a step beside me, and Howard lowered his long body into the other chair. A boy, unasked, brought him coffee and brandy. Presently he spoke. He said quietly, "'It really is a most extraordinary thing that you can't get a decent cup of coffee in this country.' Even in a club like this they can't make coffee. I laid down my paper. If the old man wanted to talk to me, I had no great objection. All day I had been working with my eyes in my old-fashioned office, reading reports and writing dockets. It would be good to take off my spectacles for a little time and unfocus my eyes. I was very tired. I felt in my pocket for my spectacle case. I said, "'A chap who deals in coffee once told me that ground coffee won't keep in our climate. "'It's the humidity or something.' "'Ground coffee goes off in any climate,' he said dogmatically. "'You never get a proper cup of coffee if you buy it like that. "'You have to buy the beans and grind it just before you make it. "'But that's what they won't do.' "'He went on talking about coffee and chicory and things like that for a time. "'Then, by a natural association, we talked about the brandy.' He approved of the club brandy. I used to have an interest in a wine business, he said, a great many years ago in Exeter, but I disposed of it soon after the last war. I gathered that he was a member of the wine committee of the club. I said, it must be rather interesting to run a business like that. Oh, certainly, he said with relish. Good wine is a most interesting study, most interesting, I can assure you. We were practically the only people in the long, tall room— We spoke quietly as we lay relaxed beside each other in our chairs, with long pauses between sentences. When you're tired, there is pleasure in a conversation taken in sips, like old brandy. I said, I used to go to Exeter a good deal when I was a boy. The old man said, I know Exeter very well indeed. I lived there for forty years. My uncle had a house at Starcross, and I told him the name. He smiled. I used to act for him. We were great friends, but that's a long time ago now. Act for him? My firm used to act for him. I was a partner in a firm of solicitors, full James and Howard. And then, reminiscent, he told me a good deal about my uncle and about the family, about his horses and about his tenants. The talk became more and more a monologue. A word or two from me slipped in now and then, kept him going. In his quiet voice, he built up for me a picture of the days that are now gone forever, the days that I remember as a boy. I lay smoking quietly in my chair, with the fatigue soaking out of me. It was a perfect godsend to find somebody who could talk of other things beside the war. The minds of most men revolve round this war, or the last war, and there is a nervous urge in them which brings the conversation round to war again— But war seems to have passed by this lean old man. He turned, for his interests, to milder topics. Presently we were talking about fishing. He was an ardent fisherman, and I have fished a little. 
Most naval officers take a rod and a gun with them in the ship. I had fished on odd afternoons ashore in many parts of the world, usually with the wrong sort of fly and unsuccessfully, but he was an expert. He had fished from end to end of these islands and over a great part of the continent. In the old days, the life of a country solicitor was not an exacting one. When he spoke of fishing and of France, it put me in mind of an experience of my own. I saw some chaps in France doing a damn funny sort of fly fishing. I said, they had a great bamboo pole about twenty-five feet long, with a line tied on the end of it, no reel. They used wet flies and trailed them about in rough water. He smiled. That's right, he said. That's how they do it. Where did you see them fishing like that? Near Gex, I said, practically in Switzerland. He smiled reflectively. I know that country very well. Very well indeed, he said. Saint-Claude. Do you know Saint-Claude? I shook my head.